0: All right, so you've seen me up here once already this morning, but I'm Craig Schultz. I'm one of the elders here if you need that kind of introduction. I've been here for 25 years. If that makes you feel any better, (laughs) Um, may or may not be relevant to the sermon. Let's take a look as we go along. Kathy and I, and Sana, as it happens, usually attend the evening service, but we do like to get along here in the mornings from time to time. But speaking of the evening service, I'm about to give a Clayton's notice, which for those of you who were not around in the 70s, is the notice you have when you're not having a notice. This is the way we squeeze one more notice into the service. But um, speaking of the evening service, there's a couple of things they do around outreach which are just fantastic. And it's great to have the opportunity to support. So I just want to encourage you to get around a couple of things. One is there's a, a sign up sheet at the back, which is around Christmas in December. So there's a long story as to why something would be titled Christmas in December. If you want to talk to any of those people in the evening service, Kathy or Sana or I can give you that story. But essentially, they're looking for people to provide dessert. So this is something this congregation has often done before, to provide dessert for that event, which is on the 7th of December. So um, if you can sign up there, that's one opportunity. The other thing to keep in mind, both prayer and financially, is we have a group going of about 30 going down to schoolies uh, this year with what's called the Green Team. And there's an opportunity to support them financially. Some of those young people um, do have financial difficulties supporting both the training and the accommodation cost. So we'll be providing details around how you can support people You know, absolutely, both of these things are outreach events into our community. Christmas in December, they invite people to dinner. Um, Schoolies are going to people um, where they are and great events. So if you can support those, that's terrific. Before I start, just let me say that you've actually passed the first test of today's sermon, okay? Because you're here. Okay, how easy was that? That was really easy. It might get just a little bit harder as we go on. But um, one of my favourite questions that I like to ask people, I have been on a few pastoral um, teams when we're seeking them. One of the questions I like to ask is, what are the things that we're going to hear from you, whether you intend to say them or not? What are the things that are just going to keep coming up time after time? What's, it's almost like what's your key message? What's going to come up in your sermons? What's going to come up in your conversation? You know, sort of what's the core of what you think your message is? What's central to what are we going to hear time and again? And this series we're doing at the moment from, from ourselves, from the elders, around um, one from the heart is a little bit like that. It's actually a little bit, I think, like a free shot in a way. Like sometimes you get thrown a curveball like Revelations 12. This time we've been said, where would you like that? I'd like a sweet half volley, thank you, just on off stump. Um, And I'll just strike that through and that will be four, okay? Um, That's the kind of opportunity we have. What I will say is if we actually don't quite nail that Can you just let it through to the keeper, okay? (laughs) Okay? Every now and then, everybody has a swing and a miss on a very sweet ball. Um, So, just to say. Um, But, so I actually spent some time thinking about, what do I actually say a lot? What do I actually say a lot? And probably most people would like to think what they say a lot is actually pretty inspiring, (laughs) I came up, you know what I came up with? I came up with thanks for coming. (laughs) I say that a lot. Like at Alpha, time after time, I just said to everybody there, thanks for coming. You've blessed me just by being here. Your presence here has made a big difference. So I, I found, that's what I thought, it's just showing up. And so that got me to thinking, what's actually behind that? What's actually behind that? And I love the faithfulness of people who come, how they honour people by doing that. So we're going to talk about faith and faithfulness this morning. Mostly the latter, mostly faithfulness. We are going to talk a little bit about faith But when we talk about faithfulness, I actually hope that it encourages... See, it might not be quite as exciting as faith, because faith sounds exciting. But in many ways, I hope that you leave here today seeing that faithfulness does the same things and maybe greater when we think about those two things as terms. So firstly, what is faith? This is a question for you to answer, people. What is faith? Anybody got a good idea? Do you want to say that really loudly, Larry? Any idea where that's from? <laughs> Hebrews 11, gold star, elephant stamp. <laughs> okay, very good. Hebrews 11, faith is being sure. Larry, that was really good sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sounds exciting. It gets a pretty good run. It's not underrated. Faith, we talk about it all the time here at church. And we tend to think of it in a pretty positive way. We think if you've got faith, there's probably a positive outcome to that. That's pretty positive. If we can find it. Or if we can manufacture it somehow, which we can't. But faith is something that we kind of think about almost as an instant. It's either something you have or you don't have it. It's one of those things, you know. If you've got faith, being sure of what we we hope for and certain. What we see, faith is a state is being hope, being sure of. It's in the instant. It's there. And it sounds like we don't have to do too much about that. Either you've got it or you're not. It's a state of being. There's not much I can do about it. We don't tend to think that it's something you can seek after. It's not something our natural thing is, because we actually have this view that you either have faith or you don't. But there is a thing about faith is something that you can seek. And Sana told you a story this morning about someone who was a genuine seeker. In our society, we don't have very many of those. There are some, but we don't have very many. You don't have many who spend a lot of time checking out the facts or spending time with people who have faith to see whether there's something in this. But you can do, and it's worth seeing. So what is Faithfulness. This is also a question you can answer. What is faithfulness? We don't have such a great definition, but what is it? What do people think faithfulness is? an action like it's, it's happening, it's through to something. God. Yeah, that's. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Reliability. reliability is good. Dependability is fantastic. Perseverance, Perseverance is excellent. Diligence. Diligence, fantastic. So these are all things. But you see, the Bible doesn't give us such a neat definition in a way. Because so it's actually quite interesting if you take a look at, uh, around the place, and scholars have debated certainly certain parts of the Bible, faith and faithfulness... Are sometimes can be translated from the same word. And so it's an interesting exercise to think that replacing the word faith with faithfulness when we read the Bible in some places. By faithfulness, instead of by faith, by faithfulness. Because one, one thing I could say is that that faithfulness is actually the long-term expression of faith. It's the long-term expression of faith. And when you look through the Bible and when it talks about people who had faith, we kind of think that that was in the moment. But in actual fact, there's a backstory behind that. And that's absolutely what's going on there. So we're going to be talking about faith, faithfulness today. And we're going to be talking about it in three ways we're going to be talking about sticking, showing, and giving. Okay? Sticking, showing, giving. Sticking showing him. So, firstly, we're going to talk about sticking. Because, in some ways, sticking's actually the hard bit. You know, one of the things that Jesus said that we probably don't like to think about all that often, and he said it a couple of times, so it wasn't just a flying thought, he actually says that those who endure to the end will be saved. And if you take that Sort of thought by thought. It's not. This is the heavy bit, you know. Those who endure, so enduring, that doesn't sound like much fun. And to the end, sounds like a long time. Maybe for some of us, not quite as long as others. Um, but let's hope it's a long time for most of us. Yeah, those who endure to the end are the ones that are going to be saved. It's not the ones who make it halfway or three quarters of the way. If you're running a marathon, you run fantastically for 40 kilometres. And then if you stop, you get a DNF. Did not finish. If you're riding in the Tour de France, you can ride brilliantly for 20 days and be at the front of the pack and be in the yellow jersey. And if you don't show up on day 21, you get the same result. DNF compare that to Paul compare that to Paul when he talks to Timothy at the end of his race when he's able to say for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come I've fought the good fight I've finished the race I have kept the faith I think that's one of our encouragements for today, sticking, just staying at it, fight the good fight, run the race, live with the hardship, it's going to require some discipline. I think one of my sadnesses, I think it's probably true for many of us here, is to see those people who are diligent for many years but come to perhaps my age and suddenly they're not here as much and suddenly the things of God don't matter as much anymore. Maybe their kids have done, they've gotten through Sunday school, they've done all of those things. Maybe it's time for me. And we see those things happen, and it's a sadness to us because we're missing out and they're missing out. But, um, so, you know, but there is this thing around staying at it, sticking to it, and it requires some discipline. You know what? Sometimes it would be nice to stay home. We all feel that. Sometimes it would be nice not to show up. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we think, I actually need some me time. That can be true. But sometimes I think, maybe here's where it's happening. Here's where the refreshment actually is, is coming and should be. And look, there is a positive side to enduring. We're not on our own. It's not like God asked us to endure to the end And then didn't give us the tools with which to do it. David went through some pretty tough times. And um, in Psalm 27, he poured out, King David, Israel, he poured out his heart to God. But at the end of this time, he says, everything was going wrong. But at the end of this time, he says in Psalm 27, I believe that I shall look upon the the, uh, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He wasn't just waiting for the afterlife. He knew and believed that God, he would see the goodness of God in this life. In the midst of all his troubles, in the midst of all his troubles. And he encouraged himself to wait for the Lord. To wait. So if things were looking tough, if it was a time that required endure, endurance, endure, endurance, 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 it's the belief that you'll see the goodness of God, and the ability to wait, and wait for Him to come. And in First Corinthians chapter eight, no, chapter one, verse eight, there's a the promise that our Lord Jesus Christ will sustain us to the end, if only we will draw on Him. The other week, someone actually asked me in the evening service, "What's my vision for the evening service?" I thought that's an interesting question. What's my vision for the evening service? And I started to answer, and I wasn't actually all that convinced about my answer, but fortunately I kept talking. <laughs> sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. But actually, what I said in the end was, you know what my vision for, the, for this evening service is? Is that these guys are all in church at 40. That's actually what my vision is. I hope that what we're doing here sets them up sets them up to be in church at 40. Because if we can do that, we're doing what Jesus asked us to do. We're making disciples. That's everybody. That's those who aren't Christian yet. To those who have been Christian since birth. All of those people. Because you know what? The stats say that half of those people are not going to be in church at 40. And maybe more. So that's my vision for the evening service, that they will be deeply rooted and that they will endure. So yes, endurance takes discipline, but there's a good bit. Okay, Some discipline is actually easy. And the easy bit you've actually done today. The easy bit, one act of discipline is just showing up. So this is a showing bit. We've done sticking, we're doing showing. Okay, This is a showing bit, just show up. In Hebrews chapter 10, we're encouraged not to neglect to meet together, as the habit of some, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. You know what? It's great that we have how many here this morning? Up to 130, 140 with kids. Who knows how many? But it's great we have those people. You know what? It feels good that we come together and meet this way. The singing is fantastic. Collectively singing, collectively praying. It's a wonderful thing. Many of us would have heard about Doubting Thomas. Know about Doubting Thomas, the disciple of Jesus, who actually got this name, Doubting Thomas. We all know him as that. But um, I reckon it's the wrong name. I reckon Thomas should be called Faithful Thomas. I reckon he should be called Faithful Thomas. Let's read John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. Just setting the scene, last he checked, Thomas, that is, Jesus had died, okay? Um, Last he checked. And the story goes from here. Actually, a few weeks ago, I shared here in the morning service about Alpha, and there was one of the girls who spoke about what it was like coming to church as a non-Christian. And she said it was like, Coming to church as a, as a non-Christian was like walking into a really good movie halfway through where everybody else knows what's going on and you kind of know it's good but you don't, you don't really get why it's good, okay? I thought it was a really good analogy, a really good analogy what it can be like which actually probably says sometimes we need to explain some of the weird stuff that we do, um, okay? It's not wrong, it's not bad, it's culture, it's okay um, but yes, Thomas was a bit like that. Thomas was still meeting with the disciples, but it was like he'd walked into the middle of this really good movie where everybody else knew something that he didn't know or had experienced something that he hadn't experienced. That's where Thomas was at. And it goes like this. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, And put out your hands and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Take a look at him. Take a look at Thomas. Everyone else had experienced something that he hadn't experienced They were all talking about something he had no experience of. He could have said, I don't believe you. I don't belong here. Why am I even bothering? This is eight days later, by the way. They would have met a few times in between times. And yet Thomas is still there. Why is he there? Because Thomas was still a seeker. Thomas was a seeker. And he put himself in the place where he had the best chance of meeting Jesus. That's what he did. Thomas showed up. He had a genuine question and he diligently sought the answer. He wanted to believe. And we know many people who want to believe. They'd love to be able to believe. It's like, have you heard that before? I've heard people who say, it'd be great to be able to believe. That'd be wonderful. My question to them is, are you putting yourself into a place which is going to help you believe or not? Are you going to the place where you're most likely to support that opportunity to believe? Or are you just hoping it's going to fall on you from the sky? So Thomas actually took some initiative and moved there. And notice that Jesus also respected Thomas' desire, that when he turns up, he reached out to him and said, here, Thomas, put your hand in my side. And he responded to his exact request. His exact request. It's not wrong to ask God to reveal himself. But if you do, it's a great idea to go where you think he might answer. (laughs) It's a great idea to where he might show up. If you're sick, need healing, if you're feeling down, it's a great idea to come to a place where that might get ministered to. And one of those places is here. It's here on Sunday. It's the meetings we have during the week. It's wherever Christians meet together and eat and share and pray and learn. The promise of God is you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's Jeremiah 29:13. for whom Bible references are important, okay? Um, but showing up is one of those things that will help you to endure. So sticking and, and um, showing lastly given we can talk a lot about given okay I'm not going to talk a lot about giving there's lots of places you can go with this I'm going to talk a little bit about how just giving little bits every time today I often tell people you know thanks for coming you've blessed me just by being here what I will say is good if you can do it with a good attitude okay when you do come um, okay I can't say that I find destructive behaviour a blessing. Um, But what I will say, that even if you're in that space, that it's behaviour. That's my belief. It's not what God created you to be. So if you're in a space where it's hard to have a good attitude, and sometimes we are. If you're in a space where it's hard to have a good attitude, let's have a chat about that, okay? Let's see if we can find someone, see if we can work together. And at least find a way that both of us can go home blessed. Okay? Um, But come anyway. Come anyway. Because you're probably not going to fix it stewing at home by yourself, mowing the lawn, or whatever else you like to do. It's probably not where it's going to get fixed. It's probably going to get fixed here. To me, giving is contributing what you can. Some of us have got a lot to give. So some of us have got, some of us come to church pretty empty actually. And that's actually okay. But for most of us, we've got something to give. Maybe, maybe you're giving, if you feel like you've got nothing to give, maybe your giving is turning up here, giving someone the opportunity to minister to you, and you bless them enormously just because you've given them the opportunity to reach out and help you where you are. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's your opportunity to give. Just showing up. But giving what you can. There's a familiar passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 which talks about the parts of the body. You know, the eye and the ear and the nose. And it's, you know, we can't sit there. What it actually tells us, it's not much good to compare. Oh, he's given this much and I'm given that much. And they do so much more than me. And oh, I wish I was doing that flashy bit. And I'm just doing this little bit. <laughs> really what that passage tells us, is we need Everybody. And you know what over the journey we need the eye we need the ear we need the leg we need the little toe and that if it's missing all the time we start to miss something we're just not getting all that God has for us so it's really important that we do that I want to finish with a great story which is for, and then follow it with a pale imitation of the real thing okay <laughs> The great story is actually the story of John the Baptist and I actually got this perspective from Brother Andrew. Now, Brother Andrew is the founder of Open Doors that Kathy mentioned earlier, known to those of you who are older than 50 as God's smuggler. Um, so if you need to know a name, Brother Andrew, he actually came and spoke um, for a week at a YWAM school that Kathy and I were at um, 25 years ago, uh, maybe a little more, maybe 30. Woohoo, How about that? <laughs> <sighs> Time flies. And he shared this, this story and this perspective on John the Baptist. Just that, John the Baptist lived a fairly difficult life. It wasn't actually easy and um, it was actually a bit weird. But he spent a lot of time in the desert, dressed in camel's hair and clothing from camel hair, which probably wasn't that comfortable... Eating honey and wild locusts. The honey's probably okay. The wild locusts, we could probably live without. (laughs) Having it day after day might get a little wearing, might like a little variety. Um, But he spent a lot of time in the desert by himself. Yes, he had a band of followers. um, And God asked him to do a couple of difficult things along the way. But for years, that was his life. He spent years building up to one day. And one day he saw Jesus walking by and he said, Behold the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world the next day he did it again and that was pretty much it for john pretty much it life ac- mission accomplished two days behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world behold the lamb of god fantastic And even then, a little later, he says, when asked, he says, uh, you know, about Jesus, he says, he must increase and I must decrease. So John recognised what he had done. But his whole life, it wasn't just one day, that wasn't just a fluke. That he just, whoo, bam, God just said, behold the Son of God, the Lamb of God. He'd been working on that for all of his life. God had been leading him to that point where he saw who Jesus was brought him to that point for all of his life it wasn't a fluke and maybe for each of us that's what do, just following what God asks us to do day by day is like who knows who knows what God might do just because you show up who knows what God might do because you're faithful so when I talk about the pale imitation of the real thing, there's a story here a little bit about Miracle Connect. and I have told this story in part, but probably not in this context. I want to pull together three, three threads. First one is that Kathy and I spent some time in the Middle East 25 years ago, um, came back with our tail between our legs, probably not as successful as we thought we might have been when we set out, um, a little disappointed with God, um, probably not in the best place really and really questioning what was all that about so that's thread number one 25 years ago thread number two Steve Grace was here even before then okay Steve Grace had been involved in this church oh by the way we came here to this church pretty much straight after that time we had one year elsewhere and then came to this church Thread number one. Thread number two, Steve Graves is here. Thread number three, Kathy and I have been working with Miracle Connect for about three to four years now. Um, we don't do very much. Quite a, sometimes I feel not that great that we don't do more. Feel like we should do more. Um, and there's a lot more we could do. But we're kind of stuck at it. And a couple of years ago, a year ago now, about 18 months ago, Steve Grace and I had a conversation up the back here that, out of which Radio Miracle was born. And Radio Miracle, we've talked about earlier, this year has seen 53 people give their lives to Christ. And this, I don't say this to big note myself because, like I said, mostly I feel like I don't do as much as I could, should or ought. Or, or, um, It's really a testament to what God will do with just sometimes the tiny little bit that you give. And that's who I want to give the credit to. The tiny little bit you give that half the time we feel is inadequate. What could God do with that? I'm not doing what I should do. Give the little bit. What will God do? What's he done for us as church? What's he done in your life in that way? I think probably many of you can think of some of those items where perhaps there was a God moment. And as we look forward... I'm sure we can be sure that if we are faithful, there will be those God moments in our life. When I look at um, this church, I see the faithfulness of people and I see the reward of faithfulness of people. The fact that we're here is a result of the faithfulness of people for the last 50 years. That's why we're here every one of those people is a contributor to the fact that we planted a church at Little Hampton Verdunla a a few years ago. Every one of those people is a contributor to that through their faithfulness. The team that actually we sent to plant the church at Little Hampton showed incredible faithfulness and resilience and endurance to keep things moving and, and to keep things working in the way that they are. And so there's a lot of hard work being done. Some get seen up the front, but a heck of a lot doesn't get seen. But it's the faithfulness that made those things happen. All right, we're ready to wrap up, but I have one last question for you. What's the opposite of faithfulness? What's the opposite of faithfulness? Unfaithfulness, yes? Anyone else that's a walking antonym dictionary? <laughs> Unbelief. Unbelief. Despair. Despair. That's a good one, Sue. Undisciplined. Undiscipline, yeah. Ab- okay. Sorry, what was that? Abandonment, Abandonment yeah. Apathy. Sorry. Apathy. Apathy. That is double star gold elephant stamp because that's what I had down. (laughs) I haven't heard any of you say perfidiousness (laughs) which I did actually find. Perfidiousness. But, um, yeah. So all of those things are true. And yes, apathy. Faithfulness and apathy. I say apathy because I said, you know, I'm actually disappointed... Yet I feel the same pull myself towards apathy. It's so easy to just let things be, let things slide. Oh, that we would fight apathy as we grow older. Oh, that we will keep sticking. That we'll endure to the end, living in the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ that he will sustain us and that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, that we'd be the people that would keep showing up here and elsewhere meeting with God's people. Oh, that we would be those people who keep giving, bringing the little bit each week and being available for that time, those God moments that God might ask us to do something big in somebody's life, might never be seen, maybe big because of what the connections that are made but being available for the great things that God has planned. Oh, that we'd be those people that would stick and stay and show and give. And by the way, thanks for coming. (laughs) You you bless me just by being here today and others, okay? And your presence makes this a better place. Amen.